Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. We're going to spend the first hour with a great band from the Twin Cities. Plague of Stars is here in the studio with us. And we're going to kick things off as we always do with our theme song, Dog Catcher. They call it a dog catcher. We coming at you. We coming at you. Chilling with my dogs. They call it a dog catcher. Last beats and bikes. Say what they like. I'm out best. No wait. Just like rifle. They grab the rifle. So insightful. Coming here collected. Cause they didn't know they bred farming. Throwing interception. If they want to come with it. I spit it. I get specific. I get prolific. They are eclipsing, they miss it, I'm double fisting, I christen, I'm forgiven, it's God-given, I'm coming to spit the sickness. We coming at ya, we coming at ya. Chilling with my dogs, they calling a dog catcher. We coming at ya, we coming at ya. With my dogs and calling the dog catcher. Just metal enough for the show yet, Jay? Dogs are calling a dog catcher. We coming at ya! 
calling the dog catcher. Good evening. Welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We're here in studio today with Plague of Stars. Will and Melissa and Frodo are here with us. Good evening. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? Alive. Good. Well, we're really excited to have all three of you in the studio. Uh, we're bummed that the other two guys couldn't make the uh, the trip, but you know it's a small studio, so yeah. this is probably okay. Definitely. <laughs> so uh, there, I'm sure most of our listeners are probably familiar with with your music, but for those that aren't, uh, could you quickly introduce yourselves and give us a sense of uh, what you do in the band and where you come from? Sure, I'm Will. I play guitar and do backup gurgle songs. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'll let Melissa go from there. There you go. Uh, Melissa Furlack, and I do vocals. I'm Frodo. I play guitar and look pretty. <laughs> That's an important role in any band. There's got to be mm-hmm. one pretty one. That's <laughs> the prettiest. <laughs> we have four. I'm not the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been told I have a face for radio, so I think I'm oh. out of that running anyhow. <laughs> uh, so how did the band get started? How did you guys come together? Well, actually, uh, Will and I got introduced to one another, um, and because I wanted to do a much heavier project, my projects before had been symphonic metal, so it was a little bit lighter on the metal, mm-hmm. he- you know, uh, stronger on, yep. yeah, on the orchestral and the, the symphonic and clean vocals. And um, and I wanted to do something heavier, and I believe you said that you were looking to actually start a project with more female vocals or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I've always been interested in... Um, microphones <laughs> i've always been interested in uh i've always been a death metal connoisseur mm-hmm. i suppose for lack of a better way to put it so uh i had done so many quote-unquote brutal things where there was no clean vocals ever and i've always been infatuated with female fronted music of all genres let alone <laughs> let alone metal it's it's a thing i grew up with industrial music there's a ton of female fronted industrial music yeah. that, absolutely. that i absolutely yeah. loved yeah uh, mm-hmm. there was uh, a lot of female fronted punk rock growing up i was a giant donna's fan mm-hmm. i love the donna's yeah so it, <laughs> i it's, love the donna's I, I just always was infatuated with that kind of music and of course there's the, the symphonic world of you know the night wishes of the world Mm-hmm. within temptations and things like that and uh, we were kind of joking about otep i was kind of going why don't we do something along those lines except good <laughs> <laughs> i don't know otep's a regular they're regular listeners yeah. of the show so be careful yeah, what you yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. she's she's gonna call me and throw me off the local show she booked right. me on anyway um so it's okay um, and i yeah. If, if you like Otep, fine. I'm just saying. I, want, I wanted to do something a little bit more in the brutal side of things, but actually have a strong, big female singing voice. And I was an Asian Medeva fan for many, many years previous. Um, so it just kind of made sense. And she liked me and she was friendly. <laughs> That's great. Well, and what I really loved is that Will was willing to give me like a, a chance because I had only done the more kind of classical operatic styling. And I was like, I want to do something like and really just get a lot of aggression out. And, you know, not that I would say that my vocal style is aggressive vocals, but I try I to. Yeah. I oh, okay. Yeah. Yay. I did it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, and, and I think that a lot of times what people will do is they'll think like, oh, you're a female singer. So we have to like kind of fluff the music a little bit. Mm. And um, and Will didn't do that at all. He, you know, really kind of gave me exactly what I was looking for and um, what I wanted to try. And it was just like, yeah, it just worked really well. So that's great. Yeah. And Frodo, you're relatively new to the band. How long have you been now in the band? Um, 
When did I actually join? December? December officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess long story short, um, <laughs> I don't know, I had, they'd been a four piece for quite a while and like I just never had asked Will about it. Mm-hmm. I've been a fan since, you know, the Kickstarter for their first album. Um, and like I just never even thought to ask about it. Because if they wanted another guitar player, they would have one. And then suddenly they had one, Nick. Um, and then, you know, a year later or whatever, however long it was, you know, Will approached me. He's like, hey, we might have a spot opening up. Would you be interested in trying out like stars? And I was like, yes, of course I would. <laughs> so here we are. Awesome. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I have to I have to ask just I got to get the question out of the way so we don't dwell on it. Where does the nickname Frodo come from? Here, let me let me hide my beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, there it is. <laughs> I do, I do. Excellent. <laughs> okay, for those of you who can't see on the radio here, there's an, a distinct likeness between Frodo and Frodo. So we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll make sure that that goes on the uh, on the show website. Uh, you guys have described yourselves as a death doom band, but there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's some major threats stuff the double kick is really an iconic thrash sound and it's really present and you've also got some orchestral and some more atmospheric a- aspects to the to the music how did you bring that all together i mean what was the vision behind that eclectic nature of the sound um i think for the first record it was more so truthfully for me trial and error was mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the sound of the band was or what the sound of the band should be right and i guess i i i think with working with melissa and working with aaron lonick our our drummer and tim morton our bass player um we just kind of tried a bunch of different things on the first record Mm -hmm. stylistically and went all right these are the songs that we like and the songs that really kind of made an impact and were the were the ones that kind of stayed were like the sense controls and the legacies and the when morning came, the the heavier, mm-hmm. faster songs on the record. So when it came time to do a second record, we kind of said, "Well, what do we want to do?" And I think I was, I think I jokingly said, "Faster, heavier, darker," and <laughs> everybody said, "Okay." And I was like, "Well, that was easy." <laughs> um, that was the shortest band meeting ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and not to say that I didn't really expect that to be the case. It's we're we're all. We're all big fans of all things metal, not just not just death metal, not just doom metal. Um, but I think all of us wanted the next album to really be a statement of what we wanted the band for the future to be. Mm-hmm. And I love the first album. I'm not dogging it at all. But the second album is like, OK, now, yeah. now we found our feet. Hit, us, hit your stride. Yeah. So what's the songwriting process like for you folks as you get in there with all of those different aspects to the music and you bring your each your your, your own personalities? What's that songwriting process like? Frodo, you wrote some songs. I'll let you talk. <laughs> um, well, I, I think a lot of it, we had stuff already ready to go that Will, uh, Tim, and I had wrote separately. And um, we just kind of brought things to the table as you know time allowed um i guess tim's two songs were basically done mm-hmm. so we just kind of took those as they were and then the rest kind of just kind of fell together um two songs were already written by the time i joined so the album came together really fast but i mean it's just you know everybody has their own influences and like we just had everything down on paper already mm-hmm. we just had to like have everybody you know 
put their stamp on it. In a so way. Were, when you brought those couple of songs to the, to the mix, were they fully baked or did you have a riff uh, that you wanted to start with or kind of a rhythm that you were feeling or how did you bring those songs to the, to the band? Well, I just have this like old archive of riffs I've written over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had two songs that were like, I would say like two thirds done. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm not going to finish these myself. So sure. Just, you know, bring them as they are. Yeah. And, you know, get some help from Will and Aaron until mm-hmm. finish them. How does that, you know, when you've got something that's really close like that, how does that feel as a, as a band then coming together to finish those things off? Does it feel really collaborative? Does it feel like you're just going to take it away and finish it off? What's that, what's that feel like? I'll answer that. Um, even though I don't write the music part of it necessarily. <laughs> um, but from the outside, what it's, I mean, we, we do, they, they would bring a riff to the, to the forefront. We'd jam on a couple of songs we did jamming on a couple of songs. We kind of took it into the studio mm-hmm. and laid down the tracks and, and that. And then once the songs were kind of like at a place, then I attack them with lyrics and vocals and kind of mm-hmm. work in the bubble a little bit. And then, and then we sort of layer it on in the recording. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, it's a mix, mm-hmm. you know, which is great because I think like that's really where the process is, is um, cool because everybody has a say. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels like they've really touched the songs and that there wasn't just one person writing the songs, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, makes everybody feel like it's, it's theirs, you know, that we all own it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you primarily responsible for the lyrics, Melissa? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you've obviously got a very operatic style to your vocals. You've got a wide range. Are you sort of humming along as you are to the to the melody mm-hmm. to try and develop a melody along the way, or are you bringing lyrics and trying to fit them in with a melody afterwards? Oh yeah. It's so my process is um, you know I, I what I like to do is create like um, a sort of what is the album what should the album say mm-hmm. you know so I'll I'll develop what like this time what I did was I really developed like a creative brief or a summary of this idea. It's the first time I've ever seen a band put like a, uh, an outline. <laughs> here's a framework. Here's right. our mission statement for yeah, the record. Yeah. That was really cool. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Um, because I think it, it, for me, lyrically, it helps me keep me a, give me a focus. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we really want to say? What's the message of this album? What mm-hmm. do we want people to take away and learn and or or not learn, but just think about yeah. more. And um, and so I wanted to make sure the guys all had buy-in with that because it is all of our album. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I sent that, put that on our on our group and, you know, we sort of talked a little bit about it. And then I went and I actually went up north for a while for a good week and I took some lyrics, like I'd already started some, some I just, you know, started from scratch and just started, um, you know, thinking about the different ideas and the structure. Um, and then, you know, sometimes a melody will just jump out at me because, you know, it, it's complimentary or it is part of the guitar line mm-hmm. or some kind of uh, a melodic line. Sometimes not. We have <laughs> one song that really it took a while to get a chorus for. So I mean, like literally to like the last moment. Um, on a divisive, divisive essence. And yep. it was just we were, like, we were considering not even putting that song on the record. Right. Really? We were that close. Yeah. Wow. Boy, that like would have been a huge a, hole in that record too. I, I will talk about that more cause I love yeah. that song. Yeah. So, um, it was tough cause all of us really love the song. Uh, uh-huh. And, uh, that song was actually written by our previous guitar player, uh, Nick Melbrighton. Hmm. Um, and with, with his permission, we used the song and because mm-hmm. that's, that's really important to, to say. And, he wasn't with the band for a super long time, but he was with the band long enough to make an impression. And I, I felt, well, all of us felt that it was important to at least uh, honor that legacy, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, yep. you know, whatever that legacy meant. But, sure. Um, but we just, we wanted to. So I asked his permission and I said, can we finish the song? Um, and he he said, absolutely. Absolutely. He wanted us to do that. That's great. And, um, 
So, I mean, the majority of that song is was Nick's ideas, and that goofy bridge section was just me and Aaron in a, in a studio for 45 minutes just pounding wow. ideas. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so that song was... And we were just sitting there going, like, this is the biggest, easiest, dumbest, simple chorus on the record. <laughs> and we were having such a hard time figuring That's out how to so make hard. it. That's right. why it was so difficult. Is yeah. that the rest of the record was just like, and we're going to be over here. And we're going to move over here. And we're, gonna move, we're, gonna do, we're just going to do this really simple, you know, you explain it in musical theory terms. I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're just going to do this really simple little simple chorus. And it's going to be this big spot for Melissa to just go, you know, just go nuts. And yeah. then, like, she's going, I don't know what to do. And I'm going... <laughs> Wait, this was oh. going to be so easy. I did this for you. And see, this is the thing. What's kind of crazy about that is that like, with this album, normally I kind of try to go way outside the box and just be weird. And yep. this time I was like, we got to have some hooks. You know, mm-hmm. we got to have those moments when we're with the crowd and the crowd's with us and they're yep. singing along and we're pounding along. And so I was really trying hard to find those. And the one song that you basically spoon feed it to me <laughs> and I just couldn't find it. So. <laughs> but it worked out. It worked and out. And the song's that's, great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So the record's been out for about a month now, almost a yeah. month, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the reaction been? Uh, reaction's been good, been, I think. It's been great, and We've, it's been confused. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How and confused? Like, what, what does that mean? Like, some people love it, some people not as much, people don't know what to do with it. Okay, you want me to answer yeah, that one? Sure. All right, cool. Um, the... I love if anybody's listening to this right now, they're just going like, oh, and they're just trading. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. Imagine it in your head. <laughs> two, two really beautiful people and me. All right. Um, <laughs> so reaction. Fan reaction. Fan reaction. To the record. Fan reaction. <laughs> Will went on a tangent. What a shock. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so fan reaction has been really has been really great. Um, and it's been. It, the 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 best compliment that I've heard so far, and I, I forget who say, and I'm I'm sorry, I think it may have been Angie, but she just goes, "Wow, this record is way more brutal than your last record," and I'm like, "Yes, yes. mission accomplished." Yeah, <laughs> that was that was kind of the goal, but mm-hmm. I'm way happier with the production on this record because we went into it more. I know that we'll talk about that later, but mm-hmm. the, um, the production on the record, I'm way happier with the songwriting on the record. I'm way happy with. Um, truthfully, I had about a whole album written personally and i didn't want that to be the case with the record so mm-hmm. we kind of all just took turns writing songs so i'm i'm really happy about that aspect of the record um i'm happy with how excited the rest of the band mm-hmm. is with the record yeah um the songs I, are really good live too i think you yeah. know like that's been one yeah. of the great things is i think when we took them out like for the the cd release you know it was the first time that we did all new songs that's and great. I thought, I mean, it, like we all gelled really interestingly on stage yeah. in a way that I felt like we never really did before, hmm. in my opinion. Is it because you guys all brought those those various aspects to the record originally, do you think? I mean, Maybe it felt like it was already. or yeah. freshness. Um, the songs are just, they, they're really good live songs, I think, you yeah. know, and the audience yeah. was really enjoying themselves too. So. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, it was like a sophomore album that we grew, I think, between album one and album two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You talked, Melissa, a little bit about the lyrical message that you're trying to send with the record, kind of your artist statement that you built. Uh-huh. Uh, Daedalus, for those of us Greek mythology nerds, know that he was the father of Icarus yeah. and, uh, you know, got in a little bit of trouble because he was a little too creative and stuff, bad stuff happened. There's a theme of excess in technology and sort of the getting away from commonality and common ground and stuff like that. How did that come together for you? I mean, what, where did that mission statement come from? Um, you know, I, I kind of 
it, in my my opinion, it's, it's sort of like dataless, right? Yep. So you, we create these technologies, we create these inventions because uh, you know when we think about inventions, we can think about medicine, we can think mm-hmm. about f- how we deal with food, we can think about all these things, these inventions that we've made. But it's these inventions that are meant to better humanity, better the earth, better life that can sometimes get corrupted right. and turned against us. Mm-hmm. You know, So you look at social media. Mm-hmm. Right? Social media was supposed to bring us all closer together, right. supposed to idea share and all these wonderful things. Mm-hmm. And instead what's happened is that you know our information has been ens- enslaved basically and used against us. Face app. Face app. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've had election corruption. You know, right. we've had, we, we, and, and even you look at just humanity and humanity has gotten so vitriolic and um, disgusted with one another mm-hmm. on social media. You see it with trolls, you see it, I mean, but it isn't even just trolls, it's regular people. Right. That then carries over into their real lives where they, you know, like families are getting into huge fights at family reunions, whereas they maybe wouldn't have. Right. If it weren't for these divisive yep. sorts of, you know, misuse of technology and misuse of, of communication and yeah. things that I think are supposed to be bigger than us, yeah. be better for us. How long had these songs been percolating for you guys before you actually put them down on record? Have, have they been in your heads for a, a long time? Or was this a kind of a, hey, we need to get a record, and a month later we had a record? Oh. <laughs> a little bit of both. It's um, about a year, right? Yeah, I think the, I mean, depending on which song that we're talking about, um, some of the uh, some of the songs I know uh, Virus had been around for, quite a bit of time nine years yeah nine years <laughs> yeah. wow yeah Pre- previous to it finding a home um seven i started writing for the last record and hadn't really finished it at that point baby in a light bulb bath that song structure has been in my brain for 16 or so years hmm. um i wrote that song many many moons ago um, and just never really had a band where I felt it made sense. And I'm like, oh, Plague of Stars is weird. I should throw this, <laughs> this song in here. And just, Glass Gaze was brand new. Glass Gaze was a song that I literally literally wrote like while we were like about to record. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home and write a really silly pop song um, <laughs> and, and hope my band doesn't screw it up. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, I feel though there's a lot of wow. love in this room right now. <laughs> No, I mean, in all honesty, it's like, and, and these guys, they'll, they'll tell you, I literally said, I don't know if I love this song or if I hate this song. I have no idea how I'm going to feel about this song until I actually hear the rest of the band. And I mean that with all sincerity is when I wrote, when I wrote the idea, cause Melissa's like, we should have like a, a like a Gothic type song. Mm-hmm. And of course, not a gothic song. <laughs> well, when I, when I think of Gothic, I think of like Depeche Mode and like, you know, right. Host Era Paradise Lost, which essentially to a lot of people is just pop music yeah um which i mean i'm not arguing that it is what it is but that song i was just kind of going okay well this is what i think of when i think of gothic music mm-hmm. and it's all major chords and happy sounding and totally somehow <laughs> super dark right <laughs> I think we really need to come to a mutual understanding i'm realizing what gothic music means yeah. <laughs> i'm it's it's like i'm used to i'm playing death metal my whole life yeah. everything's atonal i'm you know mr I, i'm i'm mr satanic death metal and his horde of nordic warriors i'm like that's that's the kind of music i'm used to writing i'm like chords what no <laughs> notes you know? um, wasn't it sid vicious who said the best notes are the ones that come in wads right yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was johnny rodden actually but yeah, yeah. same idea <laughs> but but i mean some of those songs i mean like they said they were they were literally brand new tim songs have been sitting around for a while and they were great songs and he was um and 
just because of his previous band experience, he was kind of a, not really afraid, but I guess reticent to show us his material mm. uh, because I think he assumed that I would tear them apart. And that's a rightful assumption. Um, <laughs> but I was like, no, these songs are cool. Let's record them. <laughs> um, that's really cool. It's, it's obviously been a few years since uh, When Morning Came uh, was released. What prompted you guys to put a new record out today? Well, that's a funny story. So we put the album out and then we, we the band members all had kind of a lot of life changes mm-hmm. happen. Um, and uh, yeah, and so we we were actually, I mean, we were at a place where we actually were thinking about even just folding. We were like, wow. I don't know, we just, you know, there's so much going on with life. I had just had, an, an, you know, a new son and, you know, another band member was going through some other personal stuff. And we were like, God, you know, it just doesn't seem... It just doesn't seem like the right time. Like, let's yeah. take a pause or let's stop. Mm-hmm. And I think we publicly announced that we were ending. And then, like, a month later, we were like, never mind. <laughs> Psych! <laughs> yeah. Like, we almost sort of, like, had to, like, you know, do that whole, what is that cheesy line? Um, if you love it, let it go. If it comes back to yeah, you, it's right. meant to be. And I think that, like, we let it go and it was like, no, actually not. And I think, I don't know, if that, like, energized us to, like, prompted us to, like, just write another album then. Mm-hmm. We did a couple live shows. And, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Did I get that right, Will? Yeah, I think that that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think the uh, the band the band needed a, a good a good kick in the pants. I think to some yeah. degree, um, we all had a lot of stuff going on at yeah. that time, um, and it was it just was a tough time. And I had actually seen kind of both the bands that I was doing at the time like fall apart within months of each other. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't through anybody's own doing, but it's, uh, you know, my whole life had, had flipped upside down at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and my recording studio was just taking off like nobody's business. And that was like the thing that kept me afloat for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. when Melissa, Melissa came back and she just goes, uh, cause I, I remember we had the conversation of going, well, if you guys want to continue without me, then, you know, please do. And I'm like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> it, it just was, it, it was like a very definitive, like, no, it's either, it's yeah. either us or it's none of us. Yeah. Kind of yeah. And, um, and I felt very strongly about the band in that respect. So, um, when we decided to, to, I guess, bring on a fifth member, I wanted to make sure that nobody was kind of stepping in our garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, well maybe let me, I want to bring you in on this conversation, Frodo, a little bit. What is it, what did it feel like coming into that environment, knowing a little bit of the history but, you know, coming in fresh, were they, did they feel like they had the magic of a reinvigorated band? By the time I came into the fold, yeah. Yeah. Because they had already been jamming with Nick for like a year. Sure. So they had already sorted that all out by the time I got involved. That's great. So uh, I want to start and play a little bit of the record. Um, Virus is the first song. Yeah. It's, it sets a super aggressive tone yeah. for the rest of the record. Yes, and it does. I love the way it just like <laughs> kicks you in the head. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what you wanted to do with that tone. Why was that aggressiveness so important for the first song? Because uh, it's about humanity as a virus of the earth, you know? And it's so pretty, it's basically the most, yeah, sort of all encompassing. This is the most important message, right? Mm-hmm. Is we need to stop being a virus. All right. Well, let's take a listen. I've got a couple other questions I want to ask you about it, but this is Virus off the new record Daedalus from Plague of Stars.
All right, that was seven off of the new record, Daedalus, from Plague of Stars. You're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. And uh, we'll do a quick public service announcement uh, for the Alliance Francaise, Alliance Francaise in Minneapolis and St. Paul. They're offering a 10-week intensive class that can help bring your French to the next level. They also provide payment plans for 10-week intensive cor- courses for all levels. Please call their office at 612-332-0436 to register for the payment plan over the phone. All right, we've got the gang from Plague of Stars here in the studio. Um, you guys worked with a French composer on on some of the components to some of your songs, both keyboards and atmospherics. What was that process like uh, physically? Like, how did you deal with that logistically and what was it like to collaborate with with him yeah so nice segue with the alliance process (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was totally planned too that was totally planned (laughs) um so uh so volvoxid is actually my husband um Ah. yeah so So the geographics were probably not a big issue (laughs) yeah so he's here now which is which is great but you know but i actually originally did work with him that way because of his band on inferna and how how i got to working with them um back oh boy 2013 or so and um and so yeah so i mean so, yeah, so he's been with us since the first album. We brought him in to kind of do some atmospheric elements and some some synths and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, he's just kind of, like we say affectionately, he's almost like the, the sixth band member. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, no, yeah, that's that's how that came about. <laughs> and, and so what was the what was the vision behind the sounds that you wanted to bring from that? I mean, was it just sort of an organic collaboration uh, among all of you? Or was it something that you said, you know what, this portion of these sections really needs to have some keyboard in influence, for example. I think we just kind of handed him all of the songs and said, do what you do. Make some magic happen. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Kind of like everybody bringing their authentic self to the song. We did the Mm -hmm. same thing with him. Um, And and he did that. There was one song that he decided he didn't want to actually do. And so Will actually ended up doing the keyboard parts on Hmm. um, in a funny kind of twist of fate. But yeah, uh, yeah. so um, but that's yeah, that's essentially it. Nice. Mm -hmm. And Will, uh, you are also the producer of the record. I am. So you had kind of dual roles in the process of, of creating the, the music. Talk a little bit about how you separated or collaborate, combined your roles on both sides of the mic, so to speak. Sure. Um, I mean, I've been a, you know, recording engineer in air quotes for uh, 17 <laughs> years. Um, so, yeah, since I was 17 years old, since I was essentially a kid. Um, so I've always had a... Um, an affinity for recording and mm-hmm. I, I happened to be the right place right time with the initial studio that I worked with back at home mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I learned the the mechanics the business, of it, I yeah. suppose and a lot about the music business mm-hmm. like, through that through that process um, I technically still work there I'm on the books <laughs> um, I have a key um, but uh, it, it's it's one of the we just you know uh, Mike Von Muchow who owns the studio is just a wonderful person we still collaborate every now and then um, when I can and when he can we're both very busy mm-hmm. um, but when I moved up here in 2007 2007 um, I moved up to Minneapolis to pursue music on a little bit more of a uh, professional level, so why I chose metal, who knows? Um, <laughs> Super pro, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, nothing, nothing quite says let's choose the type of music that will never make you. A I living. was gonna say, let's yeah. make a ton of money. What are we gonna do? I know. <laughs> How about metal? Yeah, no. Um, but but in all honesty, I just I wanted to move up here and do music, and I had enough, I guess, enough studio experience where I said, you know, I can at least try, and why mm-hmm. not just give it a go? Mm-hmm. And you know, 
12 years later, it's working out. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess, um, when I'm, when I'm doing my own, my own band's music, cause I, I did the last record too. Um, but when I'm doing my own band's music, I just try and go, I try and be as much of a musician mm-hmm. as possible mm-hmm. and try and leave the, the quote unquote producing to, uh, I guess post production. Yeah. Um, where and and thankfully, Voya. I mean, honestly, when he's he asked me several times, he goes, "Well, what kind of what kind of vibe are you looking for this song?" And I said, "You know our music better than anybody. Yeah. Just do what you do." And he hated it when I said that to him <laughs> because he's looking for direction. He's looking yeah. for criticism. He's looking for some sort of push. But I didn't really want to, and we didn't really want to, you know, put blinders on him. We just wanted to go just create mm-hmm. and. I guess from a production standpoint, my goal was just say, just do what you do mm-hmm. and I'll I'll kind of figure out how to make it work in a mix or mm-hmm. how it won't work if something doesn't. Yeah. And we had that agreement immediately where if something doesn't work, then we just wouldn't use it. And it, I'm, I'm curious to know kind of as you think about creation of the song and laying it down as a studio musician, do you with your producer head kind of go, well, this is what I want to come out on the back end when the post production is done? Or are you kind of saying, all right, I'm going to lay this down, get everybody locked in based on what we think it should be. And then post produce to make that sound better. Is a little, it, a little a bit of both, I suppose. Yeah? Um, I mean, sonically, I knew I wanted the album to be, you know, bigger yeah. than the last record. And I, I think I may have said this to you, and if I didn't, I'm sorry, because you'll hear it all loud for the first time now. Um, <laughs> I wanted to see what Plague of Stars would sound like as a death metal band hmm. from a production standpoint. Yeah. Um, where it's like big, gigantic kick drums, yep. you know, that wall of guitars sound, mm-hmm. um, that whole idea, but but with keyboards and synth and clean vocals. Yeah. You know, it, it's that whole idea. It's like what what would happen in, in my own mind is what would happen if Nightwish decided to be a death metal band. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the sonic the sonic element I was trying to chase, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and it and I love the way the record sounds. And I'm, I'm happy that we had all that planning to, yeah. to you know, from that side of production. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Melissa's vocals, I just literally when I got to the end of it, I'm going, well, what would sound cool here for effects? What would sound cool for backgrounds? And we would just try a bunch of stuff and layer a bunch of stuff. And mm-hmm. go, okay, that's cool. That's going to work. Or, you know, you know, I don't think that's going to work. And yeah. We just would, we'd kind of just trust our gut. And by the time I was at mix, I had a lot of great stuff to work with at mm-hmm. that point. So yeah. it came a little bit easier. Did, did you go at any point? Ooh, that's one too many. <laughs> yes. Yes. Several. Yeah. In fact, um, and I, and with several guitar lines too, because hmm. um, a lot of the some of the guitar layering and everything, um, I, you know, truthfully, I would do afterwards just little like color things, mm-hmm. um, and and that's not a secret between any of us. I yeah. said I'm going to go try a bunch of stuff with guitars, and I would go hear it in a mix and go, that's just too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, my own my own great ideas in my head, you know, sounded terrible <laughs> when they're out, you know, Ooh, out that the, was out loud. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm like going, I'm like going, yeah, you know, it sounded so much better in my brain when I thought all these things would sound wonderful together. And now it sounds like a mishmash of garbage. I'm going to go ahead and kill that guitar solo. <laughs> um, you know, that the song seven that we just listened to has a lot of symbology and, and a lot of imagery in it. And I'm really mm-hmm. curious as you think about writing a song like that, that's so poetic and so filled with symbolism, how how do you want a fan to interpret that? I mean, what what do you want the fan to be thinking about as you put that symbology together? 
Well, when I do a song that has a lot of symbology, you know, it means something to me, mm-hmm. but I also want them to feel like it means something to them. Right. So, you know, there are times where I might go for more imagery mm-hmm. with a song, with lyrics, with a poem, with anything like that, just to give more space for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's the beauty about music and, sure. and lyrics is that anybody should be able to interpret it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where I get a little like annoyed because there's so many love songs and there isn't really any reading between the lines of what it could possibly mean. It's pretty obvious. Right, yeah. I mean, this is why I love Tori Amos and Mm -hmm. how she writes because it is almost so abstract that it's almost like, well, what was she thinking? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, You have like (laughs) Sylvia Plath, the poet as Mm -hmm. well, who I'm a huge fan of because you really do. And when you do the research on what what they were thinking, it just opens up, you know, worlds, Mm -hmm. you know, each word opens up a world. And so that's why I strive for Mm -hmm. unsuccessfully a lot of times. (laughs) But at least I'm striving for that. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? It absolutely does. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious, you know, the choices you made musically to support that. That's particularly the area where you're talking about all the color uh, imagery. Yeah. 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 How did that acoustic guitar influence come together with that? I mean, that was a really interesting way to sort of support that. Oh, you mean the, oh, the quiet section? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, um, there's, there's actually not an acoustic in there. Really? Um, Yeah. I believe that's all synth. Um, Wow. Yeah. That's all, that's all Voya. Wow. Um, There's three or four guitar layers, I think in there. Yeah. Pretty quiet. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but a lot of those, uh, a lot of those layers are, are all, uh, just synth orchestration and just, um, all the different timbres and, uh, coming together yeah. definitely gives that vibe for sure. Cause it's, it's got, it's got some percussive happening to the actual notes. Themselves. It does. Yeah. Um, I, I love that section. And I mean, the, the vocals that, that you originally did on it, I'm going, okay, what can I do to make her sound creepy? And, um, <laughs> And that really wasn't that difficult, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I have a natural creepiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it really wasn't. It, it wasn't too much. Uh, wasn't too much of a stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it just there was just so much going on. I think that I think there's sixteen or seventeen layers of music going mm-hmm. on. Wow. You know, besides, but it the sounds drums so simple. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's amazing to me yeah. is how simple it sounds. Yeah. With that much going on. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a really fun section to create. Yeah. And when I listened to it on the car the first time, I'm like going, all right, that, yeah. okay, I'm yeah. done. That's this is good. <laughs> what was also really cool about that song, like, cause Will had written it and then I created the lyrics and the vocals for it. And then Voa put on all the rest of the atmospheric stuff mm-hmm. after that, which mm-hmm. was kind of, I guess, a weird way to do things, but that's how we did them. Yeah. And, um, and for me, it was like, for this song in particular, I wanted there to be the reveal of what the seven were, what the seven power centers are right. that's being corrupted. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's six colors, but it's seven power centers. Right. The seventh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's sort of unknown mysticism. So yeah. You can speak more about that because that's more your realm, Frodo. No? Typical guitar player. I just want to sit over here in yeah. the corner yeah. and jam. That's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Frodo, thanks for all the time. It's been great having you on the show. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. One he word, he no. can't defend himself with it without the microphone. <laughs> he wouldn't anyway. <laughs> you're, you're all, uh, Will, you talked a little bit about it, and you guys have all been in different bands. You're, some of you are currently in other bands. How does that 
experience, how do your experiences on the other, other bands color what you do here? And can you separate, do you want to separate what you do in Plague of Stars from the other groups that you're in? <laughs> um, well, I mean, for me personally, um, I mean, my other band is kind of, you know, my baby, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I did a lot more writing. I was a lot more involved in it. It's called the Omega Sequence. Um, They're very good. They're very good, right. according to Will. <laughs> so, I mean, with that, I was a lot more involved, um, like, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming to Plague of Stars, you know, I was the uh, new guy. I didn't want to step on anybody's toes, but at the same time, it was I, I feel like it was more equally representative here. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody had, like, their fifth of a say and everything, whereas with the other band, everybody, like, I guess it was equal shares there, too. Um, He's being careful but, how he says it. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it's just, like, every, everything, like, kind of overlaps. Yeah. So it was, like, just kind of an amalgamation at that right. point. Right. Where it's, like, we created this. Yeah. Where... Um, you know, everything, in my perspective here with Plague of Stars, is kind of like equal fifths, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's different experiences. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, they both have for the place. I love both bands. So. Sure. I mean, in terms of just pure playing and, and musicianship, are there things that you do in your other bands that you go, oh, that's totally Plague of Stars sound? Or are there things in Plague of Stars you're like, nope, that's not for Plague of Stars. We're going to put that over here. Mm-hmm. You want to tackle that one, or you want me? You want to keep talking about Omega? (laughs) 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 Well, I think you guys have you've said that before that you had songs that didn't really fit with anything, but then you know you've pulled them back out and thought of them anew with Mm -hmm. this new sort of group. that is Plague of Stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and again, it's like that whole idea of like taking a riff or something and throwing it out there and then having everybody sort of work with it and massage it and put themselves into it. Yeah. Um, where it does feel that way. I mean, I know like in the past, like with bands that I've been in in symphonic metal, mm-hmm. it's been like one guy writing it, all the rest of us are like the players of the orchestra mm-hmm. that play it. Yeah. You know, which yep. is fine, but it's not what we set out to create to do. We were really very um, intentional about being democratic mm-hmm. with the whole process. Mm-hmm. No drama. No drama. Yeah. That's that's huge, and that's hard to, hard for a lot of bands to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah as far as the uh, the, I'm in five bands technically. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them actually do things. <laughs> um, but uh, it's when when we started Plague of Stars, it was the whole idea. I guess for me, you know, like I've joked about being a, a big dumb death metal guy, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I am. You know, it's I play big dumb death metal and I love it. Um, Hear me roar! Yeah, it's it's <laughs> louder, faster, stronger. You know? It's um yeah it's it, but but the whole thing with with Plague of Stars was honestly to go. I want to do some music where it's not always like definitive if you like the thing that i love about death metal is the same thing that i hate about death metal which is <laughs> hey here's a genre figure out how to make what you do fit but be different yeah because right. at the end of the day it's there's rules and there's really nothing more confining than death metal as a yeah. genre which i both love about it and hate it because it's, it's going is this still death metal if you do something different and my answer is yes the symphonic metal yeah. is exactly yeah. the same yeah there's there's rules yeah so when we did this band, it was like going, okay, well, what are we going to do? Let's it's like, blow it up. Yeah. Symphonic bands don't have blast beats. Well, we're going to do it anyway. We don't <laughs> care. You know, it's like symphonic. Death metal doesn't have operatic vocals. <laughs> we're going to do that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like every other symphonic metal band that does the whole, you know, female, male archetype of 
like the beauty and the beauty and the beast vocals. That's like a rule, you know. It's right. like if you have if you have a, a dude doing any vocals, then he must be the beast, and he must like <laughs> always do the big choruses. It's like no, Melissa's our singer. I'm here to back her up. Yeah, you know, um, that's that's the whole thing. It's it, so it's really funny how they're uh, in a in a genre, you know, broadly spe- speaking, mm-hmm. that is supposed to be so anarchic. Yeah. And there's so many rules. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, have, I have such a problem with the gentrification of metal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, when do we all get old and like sitting on our couch metal? Like, I where's know. the anarchy? Totally. It's gone. Oh. It's really funny. You know, so I'm going to get on a soapbox for like two seconds because, you know, when I'm a million years old, when I was growing up, metal was about being mad at stuff. Yeah. And now nobody's mad about anything anymore. And no. we got this sort of mopey stuff going on and it's weird. I'm like, when are people going to get mad? They get mad in their comments <laughs> on news sites. That's where they put their passion, which is right. such a waste of passion. Totally. I want to I know seriously what happened where there's like, there's metal musicians like taking one side politically or the other. I'm going, they both suck. What's right. wrong with you? <laughs> I, you know, like, I don't know. By the way, they're the same. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're, it's, you're a musician. It's you're sitting here going like, "Well, this idiot is better than this idiot." It's like they're both idiots. Shut up. And you know, and, and it's always funny to me when people get so wrapped around that axle. The fans, yeah. like yeah. you know, Dave Mustaine is a pretty conservative guy, and yeah. he's got these defenders. Yeah. Like Dave is God, and every I believe everything he says. And you know, my brother is a big Megadeth fan, but he's one of the most liberal guys I know. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's like there, but you can't cross the streams. I mean, it's you can't. It's it's annoying. What's really annoying is that people don't realize they're just being played. You know what I mean? You're being put in these two camps and fighting against. Look up. Who are the puppet masters, right? Who who had the puppet master? Was that Megadeth? That was Metallica. That was Metallica. That was Metallica. The biggest metal band. Yeah, right? I mean, and that's what's so sad is like we have it like on a whole like album cover and nobody just forget because we get old. We get mortgages. So... We've we've sort of we've sort of you know moved ourselves organically in this conversation to a discussion about divisive ev- as essence. Yeah, perfect um, segue. Thank you very yeah. much. But um, we'll be here all night, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And it, it's there's a really hard hitting sort of push against pushback on the trolls in this song to me. I mean that's what I get out of it a lot, right? Uh-huh. And so I'm trying to figure out were you guys like victimized by some trolling was there stuff going on online that led to sort of the like real reaction in the song so this is what i love when people interpret a song different than how i intend it (laughs) this song is about water really it's about water because water is one of the most destructive substances on earth believe it or not right you look at humanity we are 90 something odd percent water yeah it's built into us and this song is about fighting that natural current that wave within us to destroy and to fight and to break apart in order to capture our real humanity right the the remaining eight percent that should define us yeah Mm -hmm. and i really took that as sort of symbolism of you know there's this whole like human nature right (laughs) yeah but it is is human nature exactly like you went right for the what's what's i mean i heard i saw this or i listened to this philosophy once about like maybe if we were created out of methane 
instead of water back when the earth was created and the primordial soup and everything and life sprung wow. from that water was actually the essence that became our essence but yet there are planets and there mm-hmm. are i think what is it's one of the moons of jupiter io or something io is, yeah it's is all methane. water yeah oh that's right it's all methane yeah, right? right and it's yep. like what if you had methane based human or humanity or methane based life hmm. would because methane is not a destructive substance would that potentially be a more peaceful race interesting Sorry to get all really no, that's, crazy wow. science. But that's that was sort of where that sprung from. But yeah, it yeah. is about that fighting that divisiveness that we're getting. And it isn't necessarily about like anything that happened to us necessarily, yeah. but it's just again like how we need to reach across to yeah. each other and not in a punch, but in a handshake. Yeah. And, you know, so I want to focus on some things that I know you've been involved with. I mean, obviously you're you're a relative minority, a woman in metal. Um, (laughs) You've been involved in some efforts to try and build that community. Talk a little bit about some of the things you've done to try and Oh, so with Eve's apple, yeah, you're talking exactly. about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so back a couple of years, oh gosh, a lot of years ago now. Um, yeah, we, me and a, a couple of girlfriends that, that I had met from touring and stuff overseas and, mm-hmm. you know, had some really great times with. And we were like, God, what is with all of this, you know, sort of cattiness that can sometimes spring up? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we were like, you know, we don't want it to be about that because already we're fighting a current. Right. And we shouldn't be fighting each other, too. Right. And we all really didn't want to fight each other. We just mm-hmm. felt like it was sort of expected of. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we found out that we all really wanted the same thing and we Mm -hmm. wanted to support the up and coming artists, the Mm -hmm. up and coming young musicians, um, girls that, you know, uh, that maybe share the same kinds of gripes that we do. I Mm. mean, with working with all men in a band. And at that time, it was a lot of girls with bands that had, you know, maybe more domineering men in their band that were more controlling. Mm. And so um, so really kind of working together to fight against that and to call that out yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. um, and also just share mm-hmm. stories and, 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 you know, create articles where we talk about what it's like to be a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't call myself a feminist yeah. in that way. It wasn't a feminist movement. Mm-hmm. It was just more of a camaraderie and mm. a shared experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have have you found that there's been acceptance of of you and your role? And I mean, you've obviously had some international success prior to and with Plague mm-hmm. of Stars. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what that has done for you at, with the current band, but also has it sort of exposed you to things that were a surprise or not very pleasant? Uh, I don't want you. I don't want to get into no, any, yeah. like super negative stuff. But no, I mean, like, yeah, obviously, I was in bands where we had splits. You yeah. know, I mean, that's just the nature of it. Um, but uh, the nature of me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I really, I mean, I had, a, I had a wonderful time. I had a spectacular time. I got mm-hmm. to travel to places and meet people from all kinds of different cultures and um, people of different. I mean, just different everything it was it was a wild time and i mm-hmm. i love the experiences that you know especially with visions of atlantis where i did get to do a lot more touring to mm-hmm. china and europe and all over the u.s and everything. Yeah. met an incredible amount of people and got to see an incredible um slice of the world mm-hmm. you know um so and i think that that's helped the band because you know it, it brought my name out there mm-hmm. i guess more on a global sense mm-hmm. than ace Medeva did but um but no i mean uh, I, I can't say that there was like anything really necessarily bad. I'm sure I was equal parts the problem, <laughs> you know, I mean, being really self-aware, right? Yeah. I mean, it takes two to fight. Yeah. And so, yep. um, and to, to sort of go separate ways, yeah. but we just had, we had differing purposes in life sure. and it just yep. split both ways. And the fan, yeah. fan reaction to you has been positive and supportive. Fine still. Yeah. 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 Good. Absolutely. So I try yeah. to keep in touch with as many people as I can that I've met along the road. And, yeah. You know, so. 
Cool. Well, I want to I want to dig in because now I'm going to make sure that you're talking me through the lyrics while we play the the song mm. Divisive F- Essence. Yeah. This is Plague of Stars off of their Daedalus record, A Divisive Essence. (laughs) 
right? That was Plague of Stars with a divisive essence off of their record Daedalus. And we're here in studio with Will and Melissa and Frodo from Plague of Stars. We've just got a few minutes left, but I really want to talk a little about the lyrics to that song in particular because it feels like it's got sort of a call to action or a prescription for humanity at the end. It kind of feels like there's a push to be better, mm-hmm. be best, hashtag, right? Be best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> but it, it also feels like one of the only songs on the record that actually says, okay, here's a path forward. Yeah. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious to know about what that in- inclusion in the lyrics was. Well, I think it's because the, the lyric, hmm, I guess because the lyrics themselves are about sort of fighting what's inside of you, mm-hmm. the monster that's inside mm-hmm. of you, i.e. I water, the most innocuous of like <laughs> substances you would ever guess could be the monster inside. Mm-hmm. And so I think all the rest of them are more just about like, you know, look up, you know, take like look at what's going on with the world and take another look up, you know, and mm-hmm. see who is controlling and why. Um, what's the point of what what's happening with us? Why are we being pitted against one another? Right. Um, because there's something that's driving that. There's some unknown force, mm-hmm. be it inside of ourselves or externally or externally that's harnessing something inside of ourselves right. to force us to be um, as primitive as possible, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It yeah. totally does. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, you guys launched the record at the Hook and Ladder. Pretty yeah. unique show. I was um, unfortunately unable to make it, but it sounds like from all reports that it was a really unique show, lots of things cool. going on. Yeah. How did you guys craft that? that show and what was your vision behind it for the for the launch of the record well, it was the so the uh melissa had this really big idea and <laughs> this big idea needed a little bit of curtailing <laughs> <laughs> which was my job <laughs> right you're the you're the producer right yeah. you got to edit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so the original the original idea started out with a lot more artists than ended up being there because yeah, i said three. i'm like going you got to have acrobats and <laughs> yeah well eventually we hope it'll be a wicked art circus yeah. maybe next year yeah. cool yeah it's going to take a few years to get to the circus level <laughs> but i will totally be into that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the dude at the beginning. Of, Come on in for one quarter. All right. Yeah. You know, but you know, it's like like our album, right? So we we try to mix a lot of variety mm-hmm. of metal. Similarly, it was like, how can we make an event that sort of models that in real in in the physical, yep. right? And so it was like, let's bring a mishmash of different art, different artists that are you know wicked or a little right. bit darker or a yep. little bit weirder. And so we ended up with like you know special effects makeup art happening. Cool. We brought um, Southside Battle Train, if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. They brought a couple of pieces. Next year, they want to bring them all. Oh, which I'm so excited about. That's great. Um, and lots of like artists that maybe have a little darker slant or a little mm-hmm. interesting slant. We had one guy who's like a mad scientist, you know, that has all these Fun. mad scientist kind of art things um, and hair and, you know, just kind of like multi-sensory, mm-hmm. you know, like how can we make this really multi-sensory and how do we bring in like not only just visual art, but also different forms of arts so yeah. like, you know, having burlesque and having, um, you know, just piano, you know, solo piano as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, it's, I think it's sort of, yeah. It ticked off sort of a launching point. Yeah. And, you know, we're hoping to do it again next year, maybe. Or, yeah. yeah. The, the the goal mm-hmm. of the 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 goal of the show was to go. To to me, it's there's so many Saturday night rock and roll shows. Yeah. Is what can you do to make this Saturday night, you know, different? I'm not. It, 
I, I, I hate to use the word special because it makes me feel, you know, weird, but it, it's just going like, let's just do something different. Let's just try something different. Yeah. And it's either going to work or it's going to fall flat on its face. Mm-hmm. And you know what? At least we tried because if yeah. it didn't work, which it, it worked really well. Yeah. Um, but if mm-hmm. it didn't work, at least we tried something different and that's kind of was always the vision of the band musically too. Mm-hmm. And the bands that we, you know, we asked to play the show, by the way, Kuna Noon, their new mm-hmm. album patron saint was also released that night. And it's fantastic. It is really good. I've played a couple of the tracks off of that record and I so, really like it. It's a fantastic, fantastic record and they're a fantastic band. So I just have to have to say that because yeah. it was their night too. For sure. Um, and you know, having them, they were, and they've been around for, you know, 14 some odd years mm-hmm. long time like that. yeah they just that patron saint was their sixth album if i'm not mistaken wow so i'm like they've been and it's been i'm pretty positive it's been the same five people the whole time boy is that oh, rare no. no 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 before they used to have a male singer hmm. i've julie. only known them with julie so they may have been hmm. around longer i, I knew wow. them before yeah. back when we played with ace Medeva with them they had yeah. a hmm. singer crazy so but but the whole thing with that band was is like they've been doing something different that entire time too, and mm-hmm. they kind of all stuck to their guns. Mm-hmm. And then After Time is is one of the coolest, most unique bands in my humble opinion mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Cinematic, cinematic metal, cinematic metal mm-hmm. um, is what they refer to themselves. I'm mm-hmm. just like they're just really good music. That's great. Call themselves whatever you want; it's fine. Um, <laughs> they're they're really good, and they're very different. Yeah. Than, it's and that was kind of the goal is to go well let's get a bunch of bands that kind of i guess we feel tread their own paths mm-hmm. and and do a show together and we all happen to be friends so yeah it works out, you know so it ended up being a a pretty cool mishmash of music and a cool mishmash of art and um I uh, accidentally walked in on Joy upstairs, and that was interesting. You did? I did, yeah. She was a burlesque dancer. Oh. And it was... And it, I was going to say. She actually didn't. I felt horrible. I, I, the, the hook and ladder back. Is it just because you didn't see the show? You got, like... <laughs> no, I saw the show. Um, but I, I didn't need to, um, but I did. Um, no, it was... It was. I was literally... The, the hook and ladder has... So the, the green room upstairs is the entire second floor. And yeah. The entire green room. And there's... Oh my God, it's the best venue. It, it's It's awesome. really it's fun to see shows there. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they have a bathroom, and this bathroom is this old school, a very old school, like large bathroom. There's a shower in there, and there's multiple stalls. I mean, like you can walk in there, and there's multiple blind spots that you can uh-huh. be in the bathroom and not even know that other people are in there. Wow. So that was a situation. I walk in and I turn around, <laughs> like, oh my God, join me. And she's like, well, it's fine. It's not a big deal. You know what I do for a living. I'm like, all right. I'm still going to walk away because I feel terrible. It's like a confessional. It's like Sunday confession going on here. I love it. This is great. Catholic guilt. The magic of radio. Well, you guys have another show coming up. You got another show a week from tonight in fact yes. talk a little bit about what's going to be happening next next monday uh next monday we are playing with uh new year's day at the amsterdam that's um, another great venue yep yeah. yep it's also i've played there a few times it's a nice place awesome sound system big yeah room. um timekeeper is also playing fun too so it'll be a fun night tickets available where tickets available are through First Avenue's website. It's okay. actually a First Avenue because, you know, First Avenue owns the world musically here now. They do. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But it's a First Avenue show. You can grab them there. You can grab them, on, uh, grab them at the Amsterdam mm-hmm. website. And I and provided there's tickets left, you can grab them at the door, of course. Yep. And I uh, want to make sure we let people know where to find out more about you. Where do we send people to get more information and hear your music? Probably just on Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Bandcamp. 
Um, mm-hmm. You can stream that album on Spotify now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it on basically any place that you get music. You can buy it from play, uh, from your Bandcamp, right? From Plague of Stars and on you can buy Bandcamp. Yeah. Budgetrecords.com as well. Okay, great. Um, and I will ship it to you. Excellent. Because I take care of all that. <laughs> all right. And with that, that's a conversation for another time. I want to I want to take us out with I wrote a letter to time just like you do uh, the record. One of the things that I uh, am really curious about it's it's probably the most classic doom feel of all the songs in my mind on the record, and I'm curious to know why the choice to be that doomy at the end of the record was that a specific decision thematically or was it just this is the great way to close out the the record well this song is uh very much a 50 50 frodo will song Mm -hmm. um and the the great thing about that song and the weird thing about that song is it really goes different directions um it doesn't it it didn't end the way it started in any way interesting Um, it was it was I kind of went on a tangent towards the end of the song and just had the whole like last two and a half minutes just written in my brain and Aaron and Aaron, our drummer, and then Frodo just kind of looked at me and were like, I have no idea what Will's doing. I'm just making notes on the board. The only thing that I'm smart, you guys talk about all this like, you know, hey, I went to school for this and I, you know, I did all this. And I'm just sitting here, the only thing that I'm smart about is music and that's it. I I can write six minutes in my brain and then go, okay, it's 15 parts now, go. Then I can analyze it. Yeah. And and then you can. Totally unhelpful. And Frodo can tell you how to pronounce the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Team effort, kids. All right, but that, uh, but that song was that that song was great. And Frodo wrote the the, the lion share of of the of the song, and are just like, yeah, this is. It just felt to all of us that it should be the last song on the record. It's when we were discussing album order, where every one of us said we think this album should start with virus and the album should end with a letter to time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was the easiest discussion I've ever had about an L mortar ever. I mean, and it's just, I, I don't know. It just, it felt right. I don't really think there was any, um, uh, like cognitive coming together in any way where we said, this is the song that should do it. Just always yeah. felt that way. There's a real magic to a good album flow. I mean, yep. when, when a yep. record flows from song to song, just right, yep. it's a really special experience. Mm-hmm. I really think that this record hits that. I mean, I feel like there's a real nice, up and down to it it brings you there's some real tension you know one of the songs that we didn't get a chance to play was was daedalus and i want to play that later because it's probably the most of a workout <laughs> of all the songs i'm like i'm tired just listening to that song because there's so much um, especially for aaron i gotta oh, believe yeah. he's working out hard yep. with all of those blast beats that he's playing throughout that whole thing and so it was it's really fun the way the record has flowed to me so are you a drummer? No. Oh, okay. No. You seem very clued into like the drums. I've noticed. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, yeah, banging my head against the wall a lot. <laughs> I feel like I'm sort of a percussionist, maybe just in my head. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> well, it, it's really been fun to have you guys on the show. I hope you've had a good time here. And thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks for this being here. Uh, we'll make sure that everybody has uh, the word about the uh, upcoming show and the band camp. Uh, is there anything else that we should know that you guys are planning? Any new music in the future? No, I think we want to. Get to writing again kind of fairly quick so yeah so we're gonna do that we've got some shows planned and kind of cooking that we haven't announced yet um but yeah thank you for having us on absolutely you guys are welcome anytime anytime you've got something new you want to talk about uh, i'd love to have you here and uh, we're going to take things out with i wrote a letter to time
That was Plague of Stars with, I wrote a letter to time off of their new Daedalus CD. You're going to want to check that out. I will put all of their information and ways you can find that, but you can find them most easily on Facebook at Plague of Stars.